Happy Monday morning, everybody. Hello and welcome to episode number 80 of the Audio Podcast. You got your boy Jason Von Cannell here. Uh, Alex is not with me today. Uh, it's all been happening this week. So uh, Alex is moving house. He's got all this other stuff on. I've had stuff on all the last couple of days. It's been pretty hectic. So uh, you've just got me going solo in front of all you beautiful people uh, to start your Monday morning off. Um, now... I'm going to do things a little bit differently today. I've just got to sort of maybe cut this one into chunks and then tie it all together. So hopefully it all comes out all right for you. The main things I want to go through today, um, just updates on a few things. So obviously I want to start with uh, updates on uh, my wife's pregnancy. There's been a lot going on with that over the last week. Uh, I want to talk about the worldwide protests. So particularly the Canadian Freedom Convoy. Obviously we've got the convoy to Canberra now as well. Uh, there's a lot going on there and a lot to sort of, I guess, dig into a little bit. Um, just a couple of examples of some COVID restrictions that are the sort of ridiculous things which, you know, people already sort of at, you know, uh, 7 or 8 out of 10 as far as stress level goes and then are just getting pushed over that edge with this dumb shit that we just continue to do. And then just a story to sort of keep a bit of an eye on in Conspiracy Corner, uh, which is there's been a bit of a... There's been a lot of news just around HIV lately, and there's been a bit of a link to COVID made, uh, which again is going to sound a little bit out there for a lot of you. I'm not going to get hugely into it, but there's just a few things I want to sort of point uh, your attention to because, yeah, it's pretty full on. So let's get into it. Uh, I just want to start with this. So, as far as the pregnancy goes, um, Amanda and I, we actually got some really, really good news during the week. So, uh, for those of you who listened to the podcast last week, uh, on Friday, Amanda was diagnosed with a disease called CMV, which is cytomegalovirus, which uh, for adults is perfectly fine, uh, just pretty much gives you cold and flu-like symptoms, just like everything else does at the moment. Uh, but for pregnant women, it can actually cause really bad issues with like birth defects for the baby. Um, the main way that that works is that cytomegalovirus can actually stop cells from replicating. So obviously if your baby's still developing things like organs or, you know, limbs, uh, it can be, it can cause some real issues. So anyway, we got that diagnosis on Friday last week and we had a pretty full on few days because uh, Amanda was only booked in on Wednesday the week after to actually get uh, another ultrasound and some more tests done. Now, the great news is the ultrasound uh, was about as good as we could hope for. So a massive weight off our shoulders. Uh, baby's really well developed. All the bits and pieces look like they're in the right place. Um, he was already 3.5 kilos at just under 36 weeks. So uh, for most non-parents out there, I think most mothers are, would be very, very happy to have a 3.5 kilo baby at full term. So obviously he's a big boy which actually really, really helps when it comes to this CMV diagnosis, which is good. There is a really small chance of some ongoing hearing loss, uh, but it's like they're saying two to 3% chance. So uh, really, really positive results from that. Uh, unfortunately, she has also um, been diagnosed with this particular issue uh, called cholestasis. Now, this is something that she sort of known, or she knew that something else was wrong. So. This is going to be a bit of a, a shout out and a bit of an appreciation post for my wife. Um, she's an absolute trooper. Uh, for a lot of women, pregnancy is a wonderful time. And 
a lot of women actually feel better than they've ever felt. So like my mum, for example, when she was pregnant with us boys, so prior to uh, getting pregnant with my brother, she had really bad acne. And when she got pregnant, the hormone changes actually helped that acne go away. And she had energy the whole time. She didn't really get morning sickness. She had really easy childbirths. Like everything was great as far as my mum's experience of pregnancy. And a lot of women are, are very much the same. Now, for some reason or another, whether it's genetic or whether it's uh, whatever the whatever the factors are that are involved, pregnancy can cause a lot of issues for a lot of people. And unfortunately for my wife, who's an extremely healthy person, she you know she does everything right. Like and that was our, our really big frustration about the CMV diagnosis. We did well. She does everything right. Doesn't drink alcohol. Doesn't smoke. Doesn't take any drugs like gets horrendous morning sickness, doesn't take any of the morning sickness medication because some of that has been linked to birth defects as well, uh, doesn't even take Panadol and uh, or ibuprofen or anything like that if she's got headaches or anything, uh, just purely because everything that she does is about trying to do the right thing by our child. D avoids all the bad foods that you're not supposed to eat whilst you're pregnant, even though they're all the best foods. <laughs> literally does everything so that's where we're frustrated about the cmv is if we were told for her to avoid the urine and the saliva from our toddler then she would have done that as well um but that's too late now but the fortunate thing is that as far as the cmv diagnosis goes it looks like everything's very positive and uh any issues should be fairly minor however she has been complaining over the last month of being really really itchy and unfortunately she has been diagnosed with this thing called Colo, uh, cholestasis. So what is cholestasis? Cholestasis is a liver disease. It occurs when the flow of bile from your liver is reduced or blocked. Bile is fluid produced by your liver that aids in the digest digestion of food, especially fats. When bile flow is altered, it can lead to a buildup of bilirubin. Bilirubin is a pigment produced by your liver and excreted from your body via bile. Anyway, I won't go into too much of that just top stuff up there, but we scroll down here so cholestasis of pregnancy so intraheptic cholestasis of pregnancy also called obstetric cholestasis is estimated to occur in one to two pregnancies per 1000 in the united states and that sort of one in a thousand is the statistics that she was given by our doctors as well so obviously pretty unlucky for her to have developed this the most common symptom of obstetric cholestasis is itching without a rash so that was the symptom that amanda has had and been complaining about for about a month it's crazy because this is caused by the buildup of bile acids in the blood. So think about that for a second. Uh, she's itching all over because she's literally got acid inside her blood. So scratching does nothing to alleviate the itch. It's, it's just been so full on for her. Uh, so the itching generally occurs in the last trimester of pregnancy. That's, that's totally correct in our case. Uh, can also be accompanied by jaundice, pale stools, dark urine, abdominal pain, nausea. Um, now, she's had some of those other symptoms as well. So anyway, where are we at now? So baby's about 36 weeks. Baby's super healthy, super happy. Amanda now has to get tests done every two days. So we're originally booked in to have a, a C-section on the 3rd of March. It looks like they're going to bring that forwards now how far forwards is sort of up for debate at the moment. Um, but essentially, she'll be in there on Monday morning getting more tests done, uh, and she'll be back in every two days testing these like bile levels. 
and she's on some medication for it now which they've prescribed to her which will hopefully improve things there's every i think the 24th of february now is the latest that she um that we could be bringing him into the world but it may actually be sooner than that so if they see something on this subsequent testing that they don't like there's every chance that they might actually just pull him out um on on the day so they basically said to us every time she comes in make sure you pack a bag because you might not be going home without a baby so who knows maybe by next week's podcast i might have an extra member of the family we'll, we'll never we'll that's not, we'll never know we'll find out obviously during the week but um yeah so look massive shout out to my wife uh it's it is honestly amazing how much tolerance for pain and discomfort she has honestly i I think most blokes just couldn't even do most of this stuff uh like most blokes can't go nine months without drinking booze for a start like that's one of the smallest things right and that's me included like i've literally got a beer here while i'm recording this like we'd struggle with that then you struggle with the food thing and then you throw in you know months and months of morning sickness but it's not just in the morning it's all the day nausea you know being uncomfortable most pregnant women know like when you put on all the extra weight having to lift that around with you every single day the most menial tasks become so difficult she never complains she you know she just does everything right so this is a massive shout out to my wife uh i love you i'm extremely fortunate to have you and um hey happy valentine's day is coming up this week too so hey men out there anyone who's got kids uh go and give your wife a kiss and a cuddle because they absolutely deserve it Alrighty, moving on. Let's go to topic number two. So topic number two is the worldwide protests. So uh, obviously the Freedom Convoys in Canada and in Canberra. There's there's protests going on around all, all over the planet at the moment, protesting against the vaccine mandates. The, the vast majority of these are anti-mandate protests. They're not anti-vaccine protests, although there are plenty of people involved in these protests who are anti-vaccine. But the the absolute majority of them and the protests themselves are pushing back against the idea of having mandated vaccines to be able to go about your daily life so let's just go to this this is a little article and i'll put all the links to this uh in the show notes as well so this is a link to an article called push to the brink by a government who made a means into the only goal the root cause of the Canadian Freedom Convoy 2022 and the blockades. I'll just read the beginning of this. I do encourage you to go and read it. It's a very uh, interesting write-up. Because a lot of people, like, to be honest with you, a lot of the people that have not even heard about these Canadian protests, the mainstream media has done very little, if any at all, uh, reporting on the protests and obviously it's because it's just against the 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 narrative and the agenda so totally understand why they don't do it but to give you a bit of a feel for why so let's start this off so this is by david benchacek uh, published on february 12 2022 the freedom convoy of 2022 has both inspired and angered people across the nation and around the globe i covered the convoy entering calgary and then subsequently went down to check out and interview truckers farmers and supporters at the coots alberta border crossing into montana 
After seeing my post on WOW Trucks, I had a longtime friend in the industry reach out to me on Facebook and comment that he couldn't believe I would support the blockade. My answer was simple. Blockades aren't great. I do, however, have a ton of empathy for the people involved. While the danger of any movement like this is that some bad eggs will creep in and try to latch themselves to it, the vast majority of people involved in these blockades are really, really, really good people. They're not racists, misogynists, and the homophobes that our Prime Minister is labelling them as, and I've, I've got something, I will get to that shortly. I know them. Since 2008, I've used my passion for photography to tell their story through the WOW Trucks calendar, and the question I'm raising with this post is, did they have any other choice? While the obvious answer is yes, they could have just shut up and gone home, the reality given the environment that has been created is maybe not. For those of you who follow me, you know that my passion around the leadership training I do is the power of an environment to influence behaviour. Environments can either make really good people do bad things, or really bad people start to clean up their act. My perception. The toxicity of the current environment in our nation gave these truckers few other options. The root of the current toxicity in my mind is that the government has insisted on making a means to the goal of public health the only goal. So I want to use this article to shed light on that environment and comment on the role I believe the industry and our government should play in the current circumstance. I do so out of frustration and sadness that the environment that has been currently created has divided and pitted normally awesome Canadians against each other that really don't need to be. If they step back, I believe they would find they agree on a lot more than they disagree on. I don't need to be right, but instead I submit my perspective to help us find the right thing to do. So I encourage you to go through and actually have a read of this article. Uh, it's very, very interesting, and it does go on to talk about a lot of the environmental influences that are at play here. Now, I just want to consider this. Regardless of your stance on the vaccine, vaccine mandates should not be imposed on people who are just trying to go about daily life. They should not be imposed on people who are just trying to go to work. They not, should not be imposed on kids who are trying to go to school. They should not be imposed on people who want to go down to the shops. Now, uh, this was sort of a, this will be, a, I guess, stolen from the uh, COVID restrictions pushing people over the edge section. But uh, my friend Lisa shared a story with us this week uh, on her Facebook which was about, so she lives in WA, and obviously anyone who lives in Australia knows that Mark McGowan is turning WA into its own country, Little Hermit Kingdom, and he's keeping the borders closed for as long as possible. Now, she shared a story about when she was in Aldi the other day, and uh, in WA, they have recently changed the laws to state that you need to show your vaccine passport to be able to purchase alcohol. So... Right from the beginning, we were all told that all of these restrictions were about public health. So let's run this scenario. She was in the line at Aldi. She had a gentleman in front of her who was trying to buy booze. She was not. She was behind, I think she was buying potato gems or something like that. Because she's pregnant too. So shout out to pregnant girl cravings. Mind you, Lisa craves uh, potato gems when she's not pregnant anyway. Don't we all? So anyway... Uh, the man in front of her was made to show his vaccine passport in order to be able to purchase alcohol. So think about this. Regardless of the, the, the scientific facts that, you know, vaccines don't stop people spreading the disease or anything like that or, or receiving it or whatever, these are two people who are in the same line at Aldi, speak getting served by the same server, checkout chick, checkout dude, whoever it was, behind the counter, all they were trying to do was purchase different products. 
But to be able to purchase alcohol, which is the fun product, you have to show proof of vaccination. I would really, really like to hear the justification from any of you or any government or health official out there as to how that goes about preventing any sort of damage to public health. How is that a benefit to public health at all that you're just not allowed to buy certain product? Now, you also have to consider the fact that, you know, Australia's economy is fucked at the moment because we have not been able to just go out freely move like we normally do the international borders have been closed for so long so every single business that relies on selling alcohol or any product for that measure has been struggling for the last two years and now you've got these rules that in my head and maybe i'm wrong please correct me if i am but the only logical conclusion to come to about these rules is that they are trying to punish the unvaccinated and make life difficult for them or less enjoyable so they will get pushed to a point where they will just finally relent and they'll go and take the jab. Now, at this stage of the pandemic too, where it looks like the Omicron surge is just about over, every, all, all the proper numbers are, are tracking the right way, hospitalizations going downhill, deaths going downhill, we should stop talking about cases. We should have stopped talking about cases months ago, but there are, you know, the, the media is still going to do what the media does. But everything's tracking in the right direction. And yet we're still making these sorts of nonsensical um, restrictions on people. And funnily enough, in Canada at the moment, there's stories coming out about the same sort of thing where uh, they've actually got employees tailing um, members of the public through stores to make sure they don't go to certain sections. So let's say, for example, you walk into a Canadian grocery store that does sell alcohol as well. You show your vaccine passport. If you aren't vaccinated, they will actually have someone escort you around the store to make sure you don't go in, in, into any of the restricted sections like the purchasing alcohol or you know, anything fun section. It's, it's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. It needs to stop. And I think it's these sorts of things that really go towards explaining why people are protesting around the world. Because we all copped it. Like in 2020 in particular, we all copped the public health restrictions. We got it. We were like, okay, there's this brand new virus that's come out. It is ridiculously contagious and it's killing a lot of people. We get it. Now, obviously, two weeks to flatten the curve was what we were told. Now, we couldn't have known how long it was going to take for this thing to go away, okay? And when you want wide-scale compliance and people to buy in very, very quickly, if they would have said two years to flatten the curve, everyone would have gone, uh, go fuck yourselves, I'm not doing any of this stuff. But two weeks is almost palatable. So if you go back to even November 2020, one of our podcasts, I talked about drip feeding, how they've drip fed in all of these different restrictions and uh, all of the different messaging that has now gotten us to this point where now, unless you're vaccinated, you're not allowed to buy alcohol. And pretty soon, because Atagi updated their advice on how to be up to date, which I'll get into in a moment as well, pretty soon, most people who've had two jabs in certain states will also uh, be treated exactly the same as the unvaccinated. Just on that note of the up-to-date thing, this is some terminology change I want you guys to keep an ear out for or an eye out for when you are listening to or reading the news. Uh, America changed their terminology from fully vaccinated to up-to-date about two months ago. 
And the reason for this, of course, is because everyone has realized how stupid it is to say that, yeah, you got your two jabs, great news, you're fully vaccinated until three months after your second jab when you're no longer fully vaccinated. So now you have to go and get your booster to be classed as fully vaccinated. Everyone's seeing through that. So again, this isn't a scientific or a health uh, change. This is a sales pitch. So as a salesperson, we know every word is a weapon. Every word's a weapon and it can either be used for you or against you. So the term fully vaccinated, which worked for them when it was only based on the two jabs, it worked for them back then. Now that you need to get your booster and potentially subsequent boosters after that, the term fully vaccinated is being used against them because it's ridiculous. So Atagi is the first Australian body to then go and use this new terminology out of the United States to make sure people are up to date with their vaccinations. Because up to date means it gives you the implication that there are going, you need to stay up to date. It's like getting your software updated every three months. Are you up to date? Have you had your, your jab? You're three months overdue now. You better go and get up to date. It's very, very interesting how these different semantics and word tracks have different effects on people. And obviously, the Americans have workshopped this terminology of up to date. They feel like it's being effective. And so now we're rolling it out in Australia. Gives you a lot of things to question. Now, going back to uh, to Canada and this Freedom Convoy, uh, I just want to show you this. So a lot of people, I mean, in Australia, we don't typically pay a lot of attention to Canada, right? And what is interesting is if you go back to, um, actually, I might just jump you back on here. If you go back to, let's, let's think back to the protests in Melbourne from last year and how the language that was used by Dan Andrews, but even by ScoMo in, in regards to the protesters, they were called extremists. They were called Nazis. They were called uh, right-wing conspiracy theorists. They were called, uh, what else were, were we calling them? I think misogynists as well. Maybe, maybe not because misogyny doesn't really matter as much in this country. Hey, look at our politicians. But but just think about how the language that was used by the media and by the politicians last year to poison our perceptions against these protesters, okay? And then I wanna show you this. So in so Canada has a very far left-leaning uh, prime minister called Justin Trudeau, if you've never heard of him. Now, he claims to be one of the most progressive people on the planet. He's pro everything new, everything woke. And look, a lot of the woke stuff is totally fine by me. I don't, I don't care. Everyone should be able to do what everyone wants to do as long as they're not harming children and they're not imposing views on other people. I'm totally okay with whatever anyone else wants to do. Don't harm children. Don't commit acts of violence against each other. Uh, but if you just, if you want to identify in a certain way, cool, identify that way. Just don't make it a law that everyone else has to refer to you in that manner. Otherwise, you know, they get in trouble because, hey, we might not know, we might not uh, walk in those circles, whatever. But at the end of the day, I think everyone should be treated with respect. And But that's a two-way street. And that's got to come from politicians as well as from the people. Now, let's, let's have a look at this. So when you're wondering why people might be behaving the way they are and be so upset to the point where they've, they've started these freedom convoys, let me show you this little speech. So I'll put this link in the show notes as well. 
So basically, there was an interview that Justin Trudeau was doing on TV. And for those of you that are uh, just following along by audio, I will read just, I'm just going to read the subtitles to you. So there's a little clip here. But listen to what the language that Justin Trudeau uses to describe the people in the Canadian Freedom Convoy. Yes, we will emerge from this pandemic through vaccination. We know people who are still making up their minds and we will try to convince them. But there are also people who are vehemently opposed to vaccination. These are the extremists who do not believe in science, who are often misogynists, often racist too. It is a sect, a small group, but who are taking up space. And here we have to make a choice as a leader, as a country, do we tolerate these people? Or do we say, let's see, because most people, 80% of Quebecers did the right thing. That is, they got vaccinated. We want to get back to the things we like doing. And these people who are not going to block us now. So let's just stew on that for a little bit. Racists, misogynists, uh, are we going to tolerate these people? For a leftist progressive person, that sort of language is terrifying if they're running a country. Because, and there's other quotes too, which I won't, I won't bring up on here, but there's other quotes about how these Canadian truckers hold views, which I can't remember the exact terminology that he used. I think it was unacceptable views. Uh, a society is allowed to have differing opinions. Absolutely. You know, that's why we have democracy, because de what is democracy? Democracy was, is when you get a whole bunch of people together who are all different and you try to have the, uh, the decisions made by the collective group. So you get everyone together and you ask them the questions and you go, what do you think we should do about this? And they get together in the best way they possibly can. The majority says, let's go this way. And then we go, okay, cool. Let's, let's live with that. Let's do that. So why do you think people are upset enough to protest? That is the same language that was used by Dan Andrews last year. It's the same language that was used by ScoMo. It's the same language that's echoed throughout the world. And what it's designed to do is to discredit and dehumanize protesters in the eyes of the people who are watching this media. And that's a scary thought because the first step towards absolute tyranny is dehumanizing people to the, to the majority of the group. Because at the end of the day, the thing that everyone needs to remember, the only way that governments have any power at all is if the people follow what they say. So how do you get people to follow you? Well, generally the easiest way to do it is to feed them the narrative that the people who are saying things against your agenda or against your narrative are all the buzzwords. They're racist, they're misogynist, they're a fringe group. They're a small sect, like they try to make the number seem smaller. And we will see that over this weekend because in Canberra, we've got the convoy to Canberra at the moment. And again, I've seen numbers around 10, 20,000 people. I've seen numbers up to 50,000 people that have attended this convoy to, to Canberra. Do not be surprised at all if the news that you receive that talks about this, if they talk about it at all, we'll just call them all of the same names. They'll be called anti-vaxxers because that's a really big buzz term at the moment they'll be called right-wing extremists 
they'll be called you know fringe minority groups and they'll say that the number of people that are attending these protests is way smaller than it actually is this is just 100 percent sales it is all sales i i've spoken a lot of um about a lot of the negative parts of the sales industry but the one thing that I will say for anyone, if you're a young person and you are considering what to do with your life, honestly, if you don't know, go and jump in and sell something for two years. Just, just do it. Jump in and learn how to sell a product because that sales skill, if you can sell a car, you can sell a house, you can sell a boat, you can sell a medical apartheid. It, they are the same tools. They're all, it's all about reading people. It's all about manipulating people. It's all about language. You know, the, they're the exact same tools. So I would suggest to anyone, if you don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life, that's totally cool. Go and get yourself a, a base and a grounding in the sales world. Because what you'll find remarkable is when you've done that, and then you watch a an address on the TV from a government employee, like a, a premier or SCOMO or someone else from the government, or if you see a news story and how it's written, you'll realize that all this is, is a sales pitch. That's all it comes down to. And when you look at that sort of language that's being used by Trudeau, let's not forget the fact that Justin Trudeau has been caught out many times in the past for using blackface. So for a guy who wants to call everyone racist and, and misogynist and all that sort of thing, uh, this guy, I'm pretty sure he's done blackface like multiple times. Let's see if we can find it. What have we got here? Now, again, I don't, I don't like playing the mudslinging game or anything like that and going, oh, he said this, so he should be perfect. No one's perfect. Absolutely no one in this world is perfect. But let's have a look at this. Here you go. This is your boy. This is the guy who is telling you... Whoop! Just got to zoom in on here. There's too many ads on this. This guy down here. Captain Blackface. Yeah, that's the guy telling you that the truckers who just don't want to, want to get rid of vaccine mandates so they can freely travel to and from across the border so they can deliver the food the medicine the fucking toilet paper that all you idiots tend to want to steal first from the shops this dude wearing blackface who's done it multiple times is the one calling them racists yeah keep that in mind all right guys now this bit's going to get a little bit wild. Welcome to Conspiracy Corner, also known as the Spoiler Alerts page. Uh, this is going to get a little bit wild, so bear with me. Uh, I'm not making any assertions about this whatsoever. I'm not saying any of this stuff is true. I'm just saying that there is a really, really interesting story going on kind of all around us. Uh, and a lot of extra news stories have been coming to light very recently, like over the last week or two. But also including some things from the past so bear with me it's a wild ride let's take a look now i want to start with this so two days ago uh prince harry came out and was talking about hiv so know your status and get a hiv test says prince harry 
Uh, so Prince Harry has urged people to know your status and go get a test for HIV. And the Duke of Sussex says he wants to continue his mum's unfinished work in removing the stigma around the virus. His comments come as figures show that for the first time in 10 years, the number of new HIV diagnoses among heterosexuals is higher than for gay and bisexual men in England. So Prince Harry is speaking as part of National HIV Testing Week. Uh, this is interesting, right? So this story here, same thing. More straight than gay people are being diagnosed with HIV for the first time in a decade. So this is the same sort of story uh, out of the UK. Now, why am I talking? Why am I talking about HIV? So this is where it gets a little bit wild. There is a French uh, doctor called Luc Montagnier. Um, I've obviously not pronounced that correctly. Uh, who he won the Nobel Peace Prize in two thousand and eight. He was one of the co-discoverers of HIV. And I want to bring you back to this article here, published in May first, twenty twenty. French scientist who discovered HIV insists COVID-19 is a lab creation. A, this page sucks. A 2008 Nobel Prize recipient for discovering the human immunodeficiency virus, HIV, has weighed in on the controversy about the origin of the coronavirus disease and insisted that it is laboratory made. Four days prior to US President Donald Trump's threat of new tariffs against Beijing, claiming there is evidence linking the coronavirus uh, to a lab in, sorry, in the China's ground zero city of Wuhan, French scientist Luc Montagnier, who discovered HIV said COVID-19 was a creation of an expert. Interviewed on the CNews channel in France, Montagnier asserted that the virus had been designed by a molecular biologist, stating that it contains genetic elements of HIV and that its characteristics could not have arisen naturally. Asked by the CNews interviewer what the goal of these molecular biologists could be, Montagnier said it wasn't clear. My job, he said, is to expose the facts. Montagnier said that he didn't know who had done it or why, but suggested that possibly the goal had been to make an AIDS vaccine. But he said that the lab virus is a professional job, a very meticulous job, describing its genome as being a clockwork of sequences, there's a part which is obviously the classic virus, and there's another mainly coming from the bat, but that part has added sequences, particularly from HIV, the AIDS virus. Now, absurd. Other experts, however, are not buying Montagnier's explanation, with one even calling it absurd. Virologist Etienne Simon Laurier from the Pasteur Institute in Paris said, suggesting that the virus is man-made because of the small piece of genomes in it that are anyway found in other viruses of the same family simply does not make sense. He said the genome pieces found in the SARS-CoV-2 actually look like lots of sequences in the genetic material of bacteria, viruses, and plants. If we take a word from a book and that word resembles that of another book, can we say that one has copied from the other? Others noted that the paper cited by Montagnier to back up his theory and published by researchers in India was not peer-reviewed and had already been withdrawn by its authors. Now, let's not get into who's right, who's wrong, whatever, but consider this is back on the 1st of May and immediately the, uh, the play was for the fact checkers to say that this guy was wrong and that it definitely didn't come from a lab. Now, fast forward to now, 2022, obviously the more evidence that comes out and the less that the media speaks about it, the more sure it becomes that uh, it was actually um, from a lab in China and again how it got out i who knows was it released intentionally or not who knows i would 
hazard a guess that it was just uh, an accident because hey this virus is pretty um, infectious so would not be surprised if it was an accident but who knows right I'm not making any assertions at this point in time but why is this interesting I want you to think back to 2020 as well and let's have a look at this story here COVID Australian vaccine abandoned over false HIV response so this was on the 11th of December 2020 a promising Australian candidate for a coronavirus vaccine has been abandoned after trial participants returned false HIV positive results. Australia had previously agreed to buy 51 million doses of the vaccine being developed by Australian firm CSL and the University of Queensland. The government said that orders of other vaccines would now fill the shortfall. So obviously December 2020 was when uh, all of the approvals came through for you know, Pfizer and AstraZeneca. So, but let's just focus on the main bit. The trial was abandoned because trial participants returned false HIV positive results. So what do I want to focus on here? Let's break this down a little bit. Let's get a little bit conspiratorial. Let's say that the virus was created in a lab, just, just to spitball it out there. And we look at the effect that the virus has had on, on the world. Obviously, you've had a, it, it particularly attacks the elderly. So if you were thinking that there was some sort of uh, aging population issue, the virus could potentially assist you in removing that issue. That is one thing. But looking at it purely from a dollars and cents perspective, think about the amount of money that has been made out of this coronavirus pandemic and where that money comes from. So obviously the, the, the number one thing that people think about when it comes to making money from the pandemic is the amount of billionaires that have been created who are selling vaccines. So that's number one. But there's been a lot more to it. Testing companies have made an absolute bucket load. Look at the contracts that I think um, Victoria just signed a $50 million deal or something like that to buy rat tests at this stage in the pandemic. So the testing side of things is massive. We're now going to have antiviral medication on the market. So you've got Paxlovid from Pfizer, uh, Remdesivir, which is causing more issues than you know people even know about, uh, has been available since July 2021, in, at least in Australia. So there's money being made out of these antiviral pills. You've got the stifling of the you know pills that are already available, like ivermectin, which are extremely cheap and no one makes any money out of them. So that clears the way for these vaccines, right? So we, you've got vaccines that you're making money out of, you've got testing that they're making money out of, you've got, I'm sure that whoever sells masks is making an absolute fucking packet of money at the moment. But the testing thing to me is very, very interesting because testing does multiple things. Number one, if you control the... Sorry, let's, let's start again. With testing, how can you create a test which finds a disease. You pick markers out of that disease which are unique to it, and then you create a test which can search and specify those particular markers, and then that is something that will tell us if that disease is present, or if they're not present but you still have symptoms, it might be a different disease and we try a different type of test. Now what's very interesting to me about this potential HIV angle is that if, if, this disease was created in the lab and it did have small amounts of HIV sequences inserted into it, what could the outcomes from that be? 
outcome number one is potentially it makes this disease more infectious because obviously HIV, human, a human immunodeficiency virus, if it drops your immune system just enough for it to come in, one sec. Sorry about that. If it, if it drops your immune system just enough for this to get in, maybe that uh, is one of the reasons why the virus is so infectious in the first place. That's number one. But number two, if you were trying to create ongoing business, everyone knows and everyone is everyone knows of HIV, everyone is scared of HIV, and the thought of having HIV terrifies a lot of people. Now, we've known for 10, 15, 20 years now that HIV is manageable over a lifetime because we've got medications which can help. So what if you could create a virus which would spread through the entire of the globe's population, which has a small amount of these HIV markers in it, and then you could create a test which specifically targets those markers only, whether people were sick or not, you could get a positive diagnosis, and perhaps you could get a, what's it called, a justification for people to be then put on medication to treat these cases forever. That's Conspiracy Corner. Now, just to finish up this particular section, what is very interesting is that this particular French scientist, Luc Montagnier, dies at 89 two days ago, on Friday the 11th of February. So French researcher Luc Montagnier, who won a Nobel Peace Prize in 2008 for discovering the virus behind AIDS and more recently spread in quotation marks, false claims about the coronavirus has died at age 89, local government officials in France say. He died in, on Tuesday local time at the American Hospital of Paris in, not even got an attempt to pronounce that, a western suburb of the city, the area city hall said. No other details have been released, so we don't know what his cause of death was. And look, he's 89 years old, 89 year old people die all the time. So I'm not making any insinuations about this at all. All I'm, the only reason why I bring this up is I think it is ridiculously interesting. I think that given the amounts of things that were told that we were told were just fake news, you know, misinformation, things like the lab leak, things like you once you're vaccinated you can't get the virus or, or spread it. All those all those things right from the beginning. This entire situation has been so fucking wild that it would not surprise me at all if this HIV element to it was reasonably accurate or relevant. And I just want you guys to keep your ears to the ground because I hazard a guess, if this is correct at all, you will start seeing more and more stories filtered through your news cycle in regards to HIV. And perhaps this is the next stepping stone out of the COVID pandemic into the HIV AIDS epidemic. The next fear campaign who fucking knows i really hope i'm wrong and i really hope they're not talking about this stuff at all because you know it's it's terrifying for a lot of people but that's conspiracy corner for you that is the podcast for you thanks very much for joining me guys alex will be back on deck next week hopefully i will be uh, if i'm not it's probably because i've got a new little kitty so stay safe guys and i'll see you next audio